0: Hi everyone, I'm Birgit O'Connor and welcome to the World of Watercolor Painting. So today we've got a really special guest from Washington, Tamara Sheline, and we're going to talk about how she became an artist, a little bit about her history, and I'm going to show you some of her paintings because she's got some amazing work. And how I first met Tamara was in one of my workshops up there in Portland, Oregon for the Washington Watercolor Society, and it was, I was so fascinated by what she has done with UPO paper because I, I dabbled like maybe once with it and it's a pretty slippery surface and I, um, I just couldn't do the techniques that I am usually used to so I didn't spend much time with it but I was so amazed at what she has done that I thought that you would be really interested in this. So let's get started and let's meet Tamara. Hi Tamara. Hello how are you? I am great. So
1: tell us, where in Washington are you? I'm in Camas, Washington, the mountains behind Camas, Washington, uh, right by Vancouver. And uh, I love it here. Wonderful. So now
0: you're doing, let's start with, why don't you tell me, uh, first of all, uh, how everybody can pronounce your name? Sure. It's Tamara Sheline. And do you have a website? I do. It's It's And you've got your homepage about you, the gallery, events coming up, art parties, UPO classes, shop, and graphics. So this is a beautiful little hummingbird, just outstanding what you can Thank do. You. So people can also find you on your Instagram page, The Happy Artist. Beautiful, and they can get an idea of the work that you're doing and the parties that you do also. So, first of all, how did you start um, becoming an artist? Is this something that you were always interested in?
1: Did you go to school to be an artist? or, you know? I went to school to be a graphic designer. Uh, I always loved art. I always uh, I was always known for painting and drawing and illustrating. Um, I took uh, drafting in high school. And I was going to be an art architect until I figured out how much math there was going to be. And so I switched over to the graphics. And um, I still kept, I love the painting, but I stayed with the the graphics just because of bills. And, you know, <laughs> quick and easy, quick quicker to make money that way. Exactly. Well, so how did you um,
0: switch over from, because you, you're not doing the graphics as much as you are doing your fine art now, right?
1: Well. Yes and no. I just finished a book with USGS doing oh, wow. math. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember you talking yeah, about that. another side, but I don't advertise for it. I just it's just word of mouth. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, you've done some amazing work with that. That's interesting
1: too. And then when I was doing graphics, um, I uh, I was doing graphics, and then um, I was asked to do some illustrating for a, a book. And so it pulled me back into the um, to doing the illustrating again, and that was when we were living down in uh, at Camp Pendleton San Clemente. My husband was a marine, and for twenty eight years and so we were down there and I started working for an ad agency on Hollywood Boulevard down there um, as an independent contractor illustrator, and worked with um, using the computer, but drawing. Uh, exercises for like Paula Abdul and Misty May and a bunch of um, yoga mats and such like that so it kind of pulled me back into the the more illustrating creative side um, but I was still using the computer um, and then it kind of just kept going uh, people would see that's when I was introduced to uh, Yupo was when I was working at the ad agency because it takes pen really well because it's super smooth mm-hmm. so I'd use micron pens. And then um, at some point I wanted to add color. And I had, my my art studio was my kitchen table at that point. And so I just started adding in some um, some watercolor because I needed some uh, some color on top of the micron pen. And I liked the way it was working. And I had a gentleman tell me there's no way it can work that way. So therefore I had to spend more time and figure out how to make it work. So yeah. well, I was absolutely...
0: I was fascinated by your, um, by, by your paintings on UPO, and actually, so what I'm thinking is, um, I wanted to find out more about you, but why don't we take a little bit, why don't we take a look at your paintings so everybody gets an idea of what Okay, do. I don't,
1: what uh, you're showing right there is the uh, Steelhead Reverence, which is, I won first place with this one uh, up here last year. So this is steelhead reverence, and um, it's saturated with all kinds of color. Uh, this is about about a 40-hour painting, because with Yupo, you have to uh, paint um, and then let it dry. Um, I when I teach my my workshops, I teach that it's um, that you're making a puddle of water, and you're adding the color, the paint to the puddle, and, and so every you're working within puddles. So, for instance, this right here is one puddle where the mouth is. Um, Then I would take and make this one big thing of water right here and add in all this color. And then as it's drying, I can add more colors and and saturate. So I almost work at it like it's a, like a stained glass. Here
0: you are. You catch salmon. I just can't handle all day with the guys, you know. I mean, it's not... You know, dawn to dusk, and I just can't do all. Oh, I can't day. do
1: that either. I have a second vehicle just to get off the. I catch it and I'm on. Uh, actually, I like crabbing better because it's only a two hour tour.
0: Exactly. I, the crabs okay. You know, you just get out there and then you can come back. But with the salmon fishing, it's like, yeah, it, it's yeah.
1: it's a I, long. I, I don't do it very often. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, you did <laughs> I good. You did great. I and did, actually, did, I'm sorry. The extra pull. I read the book, and they can deal with my.
0: Are you going out
1: in the ocean or are you? That's in um, Astoria, Uh uh, Oregon. That's on the, on the coast.
0: Okay. Because
1: that's in the Bay. It was very rough. We were out in the ocean actually.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it gets really rough out there. You know, um, my husband caught a giant sea bass the other day. So he was really excited about that. And what happened was he's getting it up to the boat and all of a sudden a white shark comes along and just swallows it. It
1: swallows it we yeah. usually have the seals
0: <laughs> yeah no the seals
1: too <laughs> the salmon whenever I paint um I like to use a couple pictures to for reference and and then I like to use something that is an inspiration for me so like the bottom uh the bottom the very bottom of that there's a piece of artwork there then I really like the look of it and um I can't right off hand think of who who paints those but um I but I just admire his work a lot, and so I liked how it was vibrant, so therefore, and then I go through, and I find other reference pictures to go from, because mm-hmm. there never seems to be the perfect one, so, right. uh, so on that one there, I've used the color of the middle one, but the actual, uh, the actual uh, graphics, or actually the, uh, oh my goodness, what am I trying to say? Uh, the the top one, I'm using that as more of the painting reference, and the other one's just for color. Well, they're also I through, similar. I put on the mouth first. So then here, this, what you, what are you doing right here? That's this the mouth. mouth. That's the very, very beginning. How do you get that back down?
0: So that would be like this area right in here.
1: Uh, that area here and let it dry, and then I'll come back in later. With UPO, you can paint it one time, you can take a brush and you can go across it once, but if you go across a second time, of course, it'll lift it back up. So, um, which is a positive negative of Yupo. Um, so here, I've, once it was dry, I went in and I added another bubble of water, so it was a puddle, and then I added more colors on top, so it's like a wash in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we've got a really good way to, to describe that uh, in your owl painting. I was taking a look at that, too. So we'll we'll take a look at that. But I also just wanted to go through this because I, I loved that reference photo. And also, when you have your sea turtle, that is amazing. And I love all those effects.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a 70-hour one. Uh, I couldn't sell it either. I, I just couldn't sell it. it I, it's not for sale just because I... It was the first one. There's many, many layers. Uh, I start off and I paint this one here again. I would use this area here and then this. I usually, because I'm not a traditional watercolors, I have no problem using gouache. Oh <laughs> I'll come God. back in with white gouache or white and uh, add that in with some color so that it's opaque and I can add on top. Uh, this is just like i said 70 hours of it uh these are all bubbles you know uh background um that's just again adding more and more color as it um as it's drying although um i used i kind of cheated on this one i'm I'm more about the effect at the end i don't go for purity mm-hmm. um well I'm actually finding quite a few I didn't artists use an are acrylic like ink uh, uh, this is the Amsterdam um acrylic ink oh huh. okay sure. so it's like a fluid acrylic it is a fluid acrylic and so I believe it, th- I painted this a few years ago so I'm kind of uh I believe this is I didn't use exactly this one but I had added drops in there just to make it more vibrant uh I think I used the Prussian blue or a cobalt blue in this area, just so that it would be really on top and vibrant. A lot of times I do paint straight out of the tube when it comes to watercolor though. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're doing this
0: and you're using a fluid acrylic on top, don't you have to come in with an alcohol instead of a
1: water to lift it? Yes, I absolutely, um, before I paint anything on Yupo, I do, do use uh, alcohol, I mean, excuse me. Before I paint on Yupo, I use the rubbing alcohol. You have to wipe it completely down to remove all your fingerprints. I think I also should share is that I also use, instead of using a regular pencil to uh, illustrate with before I start painting, I use a a watercolor pencil. And so therefore there's no oils in it and it'll wipe away. Um, There again, you can just wipe it with a clean, paper towel and I use I use the uh, Viva towels so that there's no texture to it Mm. I also use um, makeup sponges Uh uh-huh instead of the Mr. Clean scrubber I use uh, and uh you do that because there's no uh well tell me why because when I go to clean things up I can use the the rubbing alcohol and it it takes and cleans off absolutely every piece I won't oh my goodness (laughs) Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought I even unplugged the phone. Hold on really quick for a minute. On a side note, did you know, I don't know if you realize, this, my youngest is autistic, so we have to oh. do all the other, <laughs> everything else on the side, oh, to make everything normal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, wow. All right, so going back to this, um, so I use a watercolor pencil underneath, so I don't have oil in the regular pencil, mm-hmm. so you, you never have um, resistance. I'm able to just completely keep adding uh more and more paint right like for instance the eyeball that is just one big uh bubble of water and then i've added black uh going on into it it's amazing um, and i use indigo i believe at the very very end um i'll add in uh some white or something just to give it the highlight sometimes i'll use a um a q-tip or i use i like to use the makeup up applicators Mm -hmm. um that are that are like q-tips because they have a really fine point and I can rub away which is one of the great things about Yupo is that when I'm painting Yupo I paint it like it's um like it's an acrylic um Mm -hmm. because I don't have to worry about my whites so when I'm painting I I paint I'll paint the darks I'll paint the lights I don't really worry about uh the the system as far as the uh paint you know I don't have to worry about going dark first or light first like you would uh right. in different oh, mediums right it, it makes it a little oh,
0: easier so cool. to yeah to do that let me ask you now with these little bubbles in the background are you dropping in alcohol on top of the color or that,
1: that's even crazier because i we always laugh um when i'm when i'm painting i'm always what if i'm like this is the only closest i get to science um that is um hydrogen peroxide Oh, isn't that interesting. <laughs> I just poured, I just sprinkled some on there just to see. And I, I like literally, all I'm, oh, I always am like, what if, what if I do this? What if I add that? I have, um, fascinating. for instance, I, I use, I have Himalayan white salt, pink salts. Um, I use all kinds of things, red flakes. Um, Did you flakes. say pepper flakes? Yes, red pepper flakes. I'll, I'll sprinkle those in. What would the red pepper flakes do? Shapes of them are round, and so when they dry, I'll put them in when I'm when I make when I'm doing rocks, just uh-huh. for texturizing. Have you tried that on
0: watercolor or just on UPO?
1: Um, no, I haven't used it on watercolor. I haven't used a piece of watercolor paper since your class. <laughs> As I told you, that was so rare for me.
0: <laughs> well, you know, and to have somebody like you in my class, you know, that, that works on this, it, I definitely remembered you. Let's take a look and see what else we have here. Now, you've got a lot of
1: texture on this. Yes. Um, so that one, uh, there again, those are a bunch of bubbles. Um, you just think about every single rock, every single shape is a, is a, a puddle of water. And then I go in and I add in, uh, different, different techniques. Um, in my workshops, uh, Rocks are a great way to teach people to be comfortable with Mm UPO because I teach them how to use different, um, different ways of using the, doing textures. It looks like
0: Um, so much fun. You said the different salts, like a Himalayan salt and
1: something else so what i use is i'll use the i'll use rock salt with this or i'll use um epsom salts Uh, i can like the i just use a different table salt it doesn't matter it's just different textures different sizes and they all have different i think they have scientific reasons the way um the way they interact with the different paints whether it's a a granulated paint you know paint with that uh when it dries it's all granulated I try to work within. Um, I do want to reference back to your, one of your classes. You are teaching how to not have blossoms. yeah, And I teach how to work with blossoms. Well, you know it really depends on the subject
0: because like when you were in my class we were working on florals Correct. and that particular thing you know it's like um in my online courses i've actually been doing more live demonstrations and that's been so much fun and then it's like working with whatever's happening on the paper and it's much quicker and freer but you know when i to do a demonstration of a floral it's more involved, and we're trying to get the smooth layering on there. Yeah, it's really different, but having that freedom like this of playing with the salt and the pepper flakes and the blossoms is a
1: lot of fun. So you'll laugh because see where there's the really, really fine lines in there? I use a dental instrument and scratch those out, so I create like a scratch board
0: I think we've got a really good example of that coming up in just a few minutes. So let's take a look at that one in a second. But before we go there, I want everybody to be able to see your fish and how you handled that. I love this texture in here. That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. That is so pretty. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look at, um, let's see, find the right thing. I'm going to look at your birds because I think that that would be a good example of um, what we were looking at this was very sweet uh i was created to create love well,
1: and that's going back and forth uh that's actually um the bird is on yupo and i didn't like the background and it was kind of going haywire and so i actually cut that out and put that on a uh on a canvas oh <laughs> oh it was a, that's a complete and then i pulled it into uh, Photoshop and added the text <laughs> well, it's wonderful and I just all the different and boundaries. I thought
0: this was a wonderful saying so that's why I wanted to show everybody this too I was created to create I love that and then let's look at this one here that
1: was striking and this is on UPO. yeah that's all UPO. that is using um actually I sat down I had a new paint I had the rose matter and I do not know who I had it for. I think it was Daniel Smith um that i had gotten a new, brand new pink co- paint and uh, so i was inspired to paint something pink and so uh that one i started off um hit, first of all his name is uh pink floyd the lighter side oh. um, and he i started off with his beak to begin with and then i went to his eyeball i it's kind of interesting how that works um and then while those were drying, because you never, when you're painting on Yupo, you never can paint areas that are, that are touching each other. They have to be separated so that you have a, a, a gully or, I mean, a, excuse me, a, yeah, a gully or a gap in between the paints as they're drying. And um, I also move my paints around. I'll pick up my paper and move it so mm-hmm. that it becomes fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh so that one, um, I painted that one really quickly. That was like a four hour painting. Um, I just got going and um, was trying to, to create the technique, I, different, a different technique. Um, I personally like to challenge myself. Uh, that was a picture that I had taken uh, at the Portland Zoo. And um, I wanted to have a fluid, uh, soft face or head, and then trying to figure out how to do the texture on the feathers, um, I turned around and used a uh, fan brush, and it was, it's a really old one, it's, and it's a really cheap brush, and I went through, and as I laid down the paint, I went back in and just texturized and pushed it around with that really sad-looking brush um, and created those, feather, created those feathers, and as they dried, I just left them. Well, it looks like you also came in with an opaque or a gouache. on. I top. did now towards the bottom and there's some other areas I did. I, I use a Windsor Newton, uh, white gouache, uh, zinc white. And I'm really all, it just, I like to take it and it kind of pulls everything to the front. It gives me a little bit of a control to, to throw in those um, highlights.
0: Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Then and then let's, Let's take a look here at, I think this is a great description of your process right here because, you know, a lot of people would probably stop right here and because it's a little out of control, you know, how do you handle it? And there's your puddles and then we've got this granulation. And so this is what you're starting
1: with, right? Correct. And so that one, um, we, I just, like I you can see there's just puddles of water there Absolutely. and you just keep adding more and more layers. Um, I call this the best way to get through football season because <laughs> my really, really highly detailed, uh, paintings, that's usually during football season when I can have complete quiet and sit there and do all my texturizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then- yeah, so, so as you can see, I'm using a dental instrument there after I went through and did the puddle of water for the eye and let it completely dry. Then I went back in and started scratching in and I go back and forth
0: you know what i'm going to take a look at this here so here you've got your um, sublime, you just ha- and then you must have lifted something out right and then dropped in
1: more color there yes, so I yes exactly so it's one of those things where it's kind of a make it up as you go kind of thing it's just like how do i how do I go about creating this this uh, look and i'm looking at the photograph and and, uh, you know, it's trying to figure out the the uh, game plan as far as um, how you're going to accomplish something. Because there's really no rules. I'm making up my rules as I go. So for um, here,
0: are you using a fan brush? You're using the instrument for the finest details here.
1: Correct. There's, some, feather, there's some fan brushes being used in there. I have an array of fan brushes. Um, sometimes I'll cut them, you oh. know, so that they're erratic. Uh, the bristles are erratic they just they're
0: does your dental
1: tool ruin the surface of the paper um it can if you push too hard but i honestly probably have a good 30 different kinds of dental instruments Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, i've also um i do i do demos for for blick art supply and Uh so when i'm in there i i will look for uh different scratch tools too i've come up with some different scratch tools And because Um, I'm
0: thinking, where do you get your dental tools?
1: (laughs) From my dentist. (laughs) (laughs) I trade prints. (laughs) That's good good to know. That's a great. Uh, Also, there's, um, wait a minute. I, the other day, I was with my husband at the sportsman's show because, of course, we all get to go to those. And um, I. I found this pack and it's, it's for cleaning things. It's for cleaning. I don't know. It's an industrial tool is what they call it. And so I went through and I, I don't. And so it's like a dental instrument except for it's, it's a double in pick set. (laughs) What do they call that? It's called a double in pick set. Oh, that's interesting. I know. Who knew, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, my husband, he takes me to, uh, you know, the, uh, home improvement stores, and I find all kinds of texturizing tools while I'm there. <laughs> you can take me anywhere, and I have to find some art supplies. Well, I
0: just love what you do. And let's look at the final product here because that is amazing. Look Thank at you. that. Look at, you know, from this
1: to that, and then. It's a matter of not giving up. and fig- It's, it's kind of like life. You just keep pushing through and not giving up up you know you just have to figure out how to get around what you're dealt with um you know how that's the part I think I like about the UPO because when I do illustrating on the computer I'm so in control mm-hmm. um you know when I use a micron pen I'm so in control and then I turn around and use watercolor on UPO, and it's really you kind of have to just let go and be well, okay so... with what happens and how to work well, with
0: it. What we can see here is that you, you would have used that instrument to pull out those finer feathers. Yeah,
1: that's you a know. lot of time there.
0: Mingling a color, and then you came back in. I guess you were scratching up here to get the whites. First, I thought maybe you yeah. did the um, gouache, but that looks really I white. So it's not that one that I know of. And um, then, how did you handle your sky over here?
1: That is using a um, a sea sponge. Oh. And just adding bunches of color um, and taking out. It's just, a, it's just going back and forth, adding the, adding the color and taking out, um, just lots of layers of it. It's beautiful. Well, it- you have to remember too is, is that if you have UPO, everything sits on top of the paper. Yeah. It doesn't absorb. So therefore it's like you only lose like 20 to 30% of your color because when the water evaporates versus mm-hmm. when you're painting on paper, uh, traditional paper, then, um, it absorbs into the, I I don't know, you know how much of a percentage you lose on color, but you really don't lose as much on UPO because it's sitting on top.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it's about 25%. If you have a, a damp surface, and about ten percent if you have a dry surface. But let's take a look at
1: then your little bird here. That was very uh, cute. And is that on youpo also? That's all on youpo. Yes, that's um that's just a really quick sketch actually. Um, that turned out good. You know, there's some some of those that um uh, I'll have a commission, and I'm working quickly to work on the commission, and I have to to work through something first. And that was just where I had never done a chickadee before. And so I thought, well, you know what, let's just play and uh, see what comes up. And sometimes those are the ones where you're brave and you add colors that you normally wouldn't add. Um, And sometimes those just turn out really great. Well, it just looks like so much fun. And let's take a look at this here. Now this has a
0: different kind of background up here. You did a lot of scratching in there. And look at that texture right through here, really cool. So well, that
1: one, actually, when I first painted it, it was really, um, I'd used like a lime green. It was really obnoxious mm-hmm. uh, background. So then I went back in and I made a puddle of water and I just, um, but yeah, that was using a strainer. I think it's a plastic strainer. I, I don't know. I have a whole big box of just texturizing tools. Um, that's just something I just laid down. It's a screen or some sort. Um,
0: And did you have to wait for it to dry, uh, put the um, screen down and let it dry completely?
1: And I'll just leave it there overnight, let it dry. I usually, honestly, I usually, when I'm painting, I usually paint two or three paintings at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, I have uh, these large tables and um, I usually have a few things set up. So I don't don't paint and just sit there waiting for the paint to dry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and for the area over here, did you, I mean, you couldn't lift it out, so you must have come back in and then worked with your darker colors, so you got the spaces in between, so a little negative painting through there. Is correct,
1: that- correct, so I added in, uh, I put a wash, basically it's like a wash, but, um, and using a blow dryer to really quickly dry it, um, and being very careful not to go into the area that I'd already painted on the, on the hen. Mm-hmm. um, and making sure, you know, those boundaries don't go over. What are you most really great about if you add water, um, the water pretty much sits where you left it. It doesn't soak in. So you have this bubble that just sits there and you, you can get a really clean line with it unless, you know, unless you're tilting your paper, then it'll start to, um, then it'll start to run, but otherwise it'll stay where you want it.
0: Well, let's look at, um, I was going to look, you have a couple other things that were really neat. It's like you've got the bears and you've got the wine and I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go to the bears first. I think that would be fun. So let's take a
1: look at that here. That one was a long, that was a long process. You know how sometimes there's some, some paintings that you, um, about halfway through, it's kind of like cleaning a closet. It's all messy. And you're like, what was I thinking? That's oh. what painting was about halfway through you're like what was I thinking um that one I won I think I won first place on that one also um it, um it's it was a, a big long process I used um moon glow oh. by uh Dennis Smith it's like one of my very favorite paints to use mm-hmm. um it's pretty new to me and I love using it um to create the different textures and different colors um, that was a lot of adding and subtracting of, of the paint. I rub out and I add it in. The great thing is with the blue, if you, if you know how to use your blues, um, it does stain like your indigos and your cushions your mm-hmm. and all that. Those all um, will stain the Yupa if you leave them too long. And I was actually using that to my advantage by rubbing them out. Mm. And, and you're, you're using
0: a little um, Bounty right here or Viva?
1: That's Viva. Yeah. And that sometimes it'll be damp and sometimes it's just dry and it just depends on how I'm trying to do it. If how much I want to pull out, sometimes it's just a dry, it's just a dry Viva and pulling that out. And then here's your bear,
0: another bear. And we can see that big puddle that you've got over here. You've already worked on his face. And so we, we can see what's happening there. And then let's take a look at how you handled him beautifully, beautifully
1: done. Thank you, it's, you know, it's learning to work with your different paints, cause like your your uh, granulated paint paints, some of them, um, I'm trying to think which blue that was that I added in there and it kind of like, used, it was as a resistance, it kind of has a resistance to it with the other paint. Was it a so, French ultramarine blue? What was it? French ultramarine blue? Uh, no, um, I wanna see it was like a Maya.
0: Oh, I don't know that one. Uh, and I also love how you handled his face in here so let's take a look at uh let's see we've let's take a look at this this was pretty fascinating how you handled this (laughs) you know so tell me the story about your glass of wine here well
1: um that that was something that I wanted to paint for a long time was my, my I have a series of wine and I um I knew what I wanted to paint, but I couldn't figure it out. And nice. uh, I woke up in the middle of the night one time and I, I guess I was painting in my dreams and I woke up and I started painting and I came up with the puddles again. Um, and there, um, I do have to let you know when I have a picture, I take it into Photoshop and sometimes I will outline it in Photoshop Mm-hmm. so that it'll break everything down so that so look at all that mingling of color that you've got here just amazing and it's just a matter of you know tilting your paper and watching it blend it, sometimes i feel like i'm tie dyeing in a sense because i'm blending colors and playing with them and then taking out that's the freedom of upos because you can pull out when you're not like when you're not liking what's going on you just wipe it clean and start over sometimes you know
0: and then you came in with a little detail through here uh-huh so you've got all that let's take a look and then you've got a little puddle here and what kind of brush
1: are you using here that one is one of those really inexpensive ones uh a simply simons it's a really inexpensive angled comb and it it has it's very it's you know you have your really nice expensive brushes and i use da vinci and um i use the da vinci and uh, princeton my two very very favorites. Um, but then you know I have no problem using the in the least expensive ones also or the because they you can get a lot of texture with them. <laughs> yeah,
0: you can get detail with the synthetics, so it looks like yeah. you know, for what you've got here, you're already working with a, a big amount of water, and then you can for what you need to do the lifting, the synthetics would work very nicely. So Correct. this is amazing. Like when we're looking at this and the color shift there, did you layer it on, or is that just a different?
1: layering? Yeah, that's, I'm going in there with more puddles on top of puddles. And trying completely in between.
0: And I could see a lot of people just stopping right here, you know, not knowing where to go with it. And then to look at what you've done is amazing.
1: That's just determination. <laughs> <laughs> It's but you know, I think I think the graphic background helps a lot because I know what I have in my mind and how I want to draw it or how I want the end effect mm-hmm. to come about. And so that's where that's where I think that, that helps me. And then this too, this is gorgeous. That was that came from a workshop that I was teaching um, here in Vancouver and teaching how to use the fluid motion of of breaking down the different elements of that stream of of wine um, Mm -hmm. and how to it's when you break it down it really there isn't that many puddles it's just a matter of being patient and learning how to work with what you have uh, with the water and the paints like any like 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 you do too it's like you have to get to know your your materials and how they uh, work together for the glass, since you have so much
0: uh, fluidity here, how did you handle that that edge of the glass?
1: Uh, so that is, um, I take with a dry brush and and uh, paint. I will I will make the line, and then I'll turn around and um, get the brush wet and only put water on the on the bottom side of that line of uh, you. I'm guessing you're talking about the upper uh, left corner yes Um, that's where I've done a wet line and then um, let it because it's gonna stay there because it's on plastic paper Um, and then I'm gonna turn around and um, I add water to the one side not the other and Mm -hmm. so and then Sometimes I'll use my, I'll just use whatever the makeup uh, sponge or whatever to, or brush um, and start brushing it out um, until I no longer have anything there. Did you do your glass first or did you paint the wine first? Oh, the glass was the very, very last thing. And then at the t- upper right corner, that's where I used, I went in and used um, the um, dental tool to scratch out. But then I also, um, you can also turn around just like regular uh, watercolor on watercolor paper. Um, you can go in and add a bubble of water and then lay down the Viva towel and pull out that line.
0: Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So so we've taken a look at your wine here. And let's see what else we have here. I mean, <laughs> it's just been a fascinating journey with um, just to be able to talk to you because like I, I know nothing about you, Poe. And let's take a look at a few of your flowers here. And that's fun too. I mean, a lot of people would feel very successful with something like this and very fun. And you've got your.
1: That was a a workshop also.
0: And then here is our workshop. I look totally out. It's at the. After a week of painting with all of us. Oh, I'm embarrassed to even look at that. I look so bright. So we'll move on from there. <laughs> and so what, uh,
1: let's take a look. So you do some outdoor festivals also. I do. I do. Uh, this summer I had to take a break from them, but normally I do about three or four of them. Um, That's a lot. I love, I love interacting with people and hearing their input and baffling the science the science minded people on how this actually works oh,
0: i bet you so. um,
1: i have many people come along and go there's just no way it can't happen <laughs> so
0: tell me um because we have a lot of people that are interested in doing festivals too do you recommend a particular booth system is there something that you like you know,
1: i actually um the one i use right now um i purchased that from a gentleman that had it custom built and he had retired and so i was able to get that from him and he had it custom welded and everything it's wonderful i it i can you know rearrange it however i want to um are you talking about the tent
0: or the screen or the
1: the screens oh i'm sorry i'm talking about the screen the walls there the the screen walls he had that custom made and i really enjoy it i
0: Nice. It's always a challenge, you know. I used it to do is. festivals a long time ago, and that was before they even had these type of systems. And I had pegboards. It was just terrifying having to do um, these things because it was always so heavy and a pain, you know. So and now we could actually have systems that are a little bit easier, and that would make it more enjoyable. So let's see. Let's take another look at your. Oh, that's very beautiful with your lighting in the background.
1: That
0: was on the here, Yes, yeah, yeah. thank you. And let's see something that we usually want to get if you are doing a festival is a corner booth that works nicely. But you've got have the um, yes. You know, two walls open, which is great. And you also have a painting over here that you were working on, which was an acrylic. Let's see. I guess I don't have it. Correct.
1: I was doing a live. That was a live painting that I was doing for an auction. They were going to be auctioning that off.
0: It is fun. You know, I do miss it. You just can't do everything. Oh, and there's so
1: hard, right?
0: Uh, Yes, you got (laughs) a lot of. Hard to
1: do a live painting for
0: UPO. So. uh... (laughs) Ah. And then here's a flower that you've done. So now is this
1: a? This would be a finished piece here, or is this in progress? Um, I think that one was in progress. That was a while ago. I think that was me just playing around with um, just different avenues. I think that's the very first one where I tried scratching out the edges. Okay. okay. And I like to use. I like to show people where where I started and how mm-hmm. I've progressed through.
0: Well, it's just because the reds are challenging and tough. And oh boy, aren't they? Yeah. And then let's take a look at this one here. This would be a fun one too. And I, I think if somebody wanted to start with UPO, they, I, I I think that this would be something that they could tackle fairly easily. You know, you've got your background in and then they create their flowers. They can lift, they can move it.
1: That one is on the translucent, um, and I recommend that to be the one they start with, um, to translucent pa- uh, paper for the UPO has a little bit of a tooth to it so it it, um, it holds on to the paint a little bit easier um, as well as it's translucent so if you're you uh, do not like to draw you can actually um, uh, trace it you can trace.
0: I just pulled up like uh, the UPO watercolor paper this is from Dick Blick just to yep. take a, a look at the,
1: that. That's the, the typical that's the regular one um, that is uh, opaque you and know
0: what right there i wouldn't have even known a difference so we've got that and let's look at this one here
1: that would be um, the opaque you also can get like a super heavy i got a great deal on them i'm sorry these um then there's the heavy version which is uh hundred and hundred 144 pound which is super heavy
0: well I you know it's just like i'm gonna write that down you know i would i wouldn't have even i thought oh Upo is Yupo, just like anybody that's coming into regular watercolor is going to think watercolor paper is watercolor paper, and all that. So it's interesting that you would say a translucent one other than the opaque. And right. so what happens with the opaque?
1: The opaque um, is the, the typical one that you normally find. That's the opaque one. And are the results different on that? That's actually very silky. There's no tooth to it at all. So it's, it's like painting on glass or um, anything like that. You know, uh, I think it would be great to, sh- to share with you, um, UPO comes as actually uh, manufactured uh, uh, back in New Jersey and they've been doing it since the 1970s. And um, it started off as the label, uh, the waterproof label. So like um, for like your, for offset printing. So like your shampoo bottles and things like that, those labels that need to be waterproof. That's Yupo, a very thin version. But they started doing those back in the 70s. Um, and uh, it's made out of recycled plastic um, uh, milk cartons. Oh, because like, I thought I it was a, a, a polypropylene? Propylene? propylene, correct, correct. There's <laughs> different versions of it. There's different varieties, but for the most part, but at the same time, they're, they're not being used with trees. So it's yeah. kind of nice, the recycling process of it. So interesting. The other thing is you can't rip it. It's, it's, if it's fruit you cannot rip it. Uh-huh. Well, that is, it's just so interesting to hear all about this.
0: And so I don't miss anything here. So here we've got your crabs. You worked on that uh, background first and then started adding the legs and you left this white. That's a great example of seeing how you did that. And then you came back in. You and
1: wipe it back through and wipe it clean. Uh, there's using a lot of salt, starting to use a lot of salt and the very, you know, the different percentages of salt to water and then the different amounts of paint. Um, it's just a matter of playing around with it.
0: Well, you just said something that was interesting too. So if somebody didn't like what they were doing, they could always just wipe it right off, right?
1: Correct. That's the great (laughs) part is that um i have an example i'll show you um so i started off let's see i started off with this uh octopus and i really loved it and then i thought i would add in some blue well it com- it doesn't work well with my eye i just don't like it so i've started i just thought i'd show you i've started wiping it clean the background i'm taking the blue back out so it's just the image of the octopus and the anchor. Um, and you can do that
0: (laughs) let me ask you when you said the blue didn't work for you was was it did you get an emotional reaction from the blue did it kind of bum you you out
1: this this right here is the moon glow paint that's the only color i used on this on the tentacles Uh uh-huh so there's so much blue in there um and purple and it just didn't have a nice of a contrast I, i it it just it kind of washed it out and so I really liked the tentacles the way they were before the color came in in the background so I decided I'm just gonna start wiping out
0: <laughs> I like that I like that I think that's great and then let's take a quick look here you have some bees and this
1: is not on you Poe is it yeah it is that was a workshop a couple weeks ago two weeks ago I, I taught just a short mini workshop on bees Fun. And then here I looked at this and you've got a. Uh,
0: I believe this is coming up, right? November 12th. yes now
1: that, that's my um that's that's acrylic. Those are those are my art parties I do locally uh that are acrylic. On so tell campus.
0: me uh why? Oh, and let's take a look at this one here. There you are. Oh, there
1: I oh am. And you're
0: <laughs> also doing something with Fine Art America, I guess. How does I, that work that too. Does that work for you? Uh,
1: that's okay. No, you, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, it's, it's great to put yourself out there and right. it's great to be visual, you know, but, um, I actually have a, a, website that's been being redesigned so that I can just sell straight from there. Right. And I use finer work. I use finer works to do my joclase and, uh, my prints out of Austin, Texas. And I really enjoy them. And they've bumped up their uh, system so that I can link into them. And um, I, I, therefore, there's not such a percentage being lost. And what's Uh, the name of it? Finer Works or something? Finerworks.com. It's in Austin, Texas. And they are phenomenal. It's a smaller company. Mm -hmm. Um, Prices are wonderful. Um, The customer service is amazing. Um, You had had that one picture up where I was... um, I had all those Jaclays I just received and they printed all those out and they had them out to me within a week. And it's like, that's just incredible. That amount um, and the quality is incredible. I've been using them for oh probably about five or six years and um, I've never had a problem. Um, The only time I've ever had to call is when I, it's my fault for not ordering it quick enough and they still have come through as soon as I've called, uh, they send it straight out and they've just been amazing quality you're already
0: working with this company but there was um a store that i did a a, a workshop in spokane art supply
1: oh and yes i
0: love spokane i love spokane
1: but i have not been to that place
0: you already have your system in place and it can be um you know challenging when we want to think about that but anyway they have some art services print and scan services yeah, the, here in the Spokane Art Supply. And the reason why I bring this up is because I was so impressed with what they did. Well,
1: too. Yeah, and I am over in that area quite a bit. So that's really great to know. Cause I would love to use somebody locally. Not, it's not local, but same state, you know, I, and I
0: thought they were really reasonable. And I thought about it even coming up there just to have them do my scans. And I don't do it very often. So you, you would contact Kurt. Anyway, you could take a look at that. And, um, but I considered that, and I found somebody locally,
1: I, I don't do it very often. Do you sell a lot of jacquets? I do actually. I sell, I sell quite a bit. Um, this year, just because I didn't do the, the festivals and the fairs like I normally do, right. um, but I usually sell, uh, I sell almost, I, I don't know, a good percentage of uh, my jacquays, and I usually sell a lot of prints to go with it. Or I'll have somebody buy an original and then turn around and order jacquays to give out to their friends. It's Yay. I've had that happen a few times. So now, when you're doing the jacquays, uh, like, have you thought about doing something on Etsy or anything like that? I don't know. Oh, you know, I tried. Um, Um, honestly, I try, I, I, that's the reason I'm working my, um, my website, the redesign of my website will be able to, so you can order from my website straight. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that'll help a lot. Um, I just, it was more, I mean, I have a background in marketing, but I kind of prefer to paint over marketing now. No, some totally understand that.
0: You know? we had some conversations in other uh, podcasts about this, and with the, with what you have right now, and that picture of you, which I will not say the name again, and um, that uh, other people have had problems. You know, it is good for exposure. It's not there was a problem with the company. Just the um, the commission you get is not much. So doing it yourself is a yeah. much better idea. I'd say, from what I understand, a lot of people have been happy, but then if we're going to offer something, you need to have a low price point, it seems like.
1: You have to have a low price point, but you also, I I believe, um, it's hard to stand out when it's such a saturated market there. Exactly.
0: exactly, and You you have to really know your pinpoints. Right. And, you know, uh, like even doing this podcast, like I thought, I don't need another thing on my plate. Right. But... It has been so much fun to be able to talk to people and also get you more exposure. And I find it fascinating because here I actually make myself sit down for an hour, talk to you. And then we get to f- I thought, wow, that is truly fascinating about your approach. And we're not distracted in a workshop or in any other situation, you know. i actually thought wouldn't that be fun to have like my members or maybe interview you uh, during the members but then i thought this this is more intimate for right now we could always do something like that in the uh, future if you want
1: that'd be great i um i just wanted to let you know i have a workshop a watercolor uh, watercolor nupo workshop coming up uh november 9th here in uh washington um that's local for me, um, and then next I have another one coming up in January. Do you have that on your website? You know what? I will by I will by the end of this week. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that yeah. will I, by the end of the day, it should be for the uh, for the workshop coming up. It's just a real quick one, um, and then I have another one in uh, January here in Vancouver at the Artist Loft, and I'll make sure to put all this information on my on my website. Um, and then next May, I'll be up in, um, in Sydney, uh, BC. Uh, let's see, I have the information here. It's with the Snatch uh, Pen- Peninsula Arts and Crafts um, Society. And I'll be up there May 30th and 31st for a two-day workshop. Um, and that'll be great. Just gonna be- I think what it is, is that I have a niche, um, I have people that have all these watercolor supplies and they have done watercolors uh, for so long that they, sometimes they just want to try something different or they have the UPO, and I come in as a guide basically and, you know, introduce people to UPO, and then how to, how to control the chaos of the water on the plastic paper and try to show, you know, how to be in control as much as you can be. Now do you use the alcohol inks
0: on this? So basically you're using watercolors and fluid acrylics on the UPO. Do you use the alcohol inks on there?
1: Um, I have. uh, There is one painting I used. Honestly, I went and bought the alcohol inks and I really didn't care for them because I don't know how to use them, honestly. Um, But because as a true artist, it was like I spent the money on the alcohol inks, so I had to learn how to use them. Use them. I have um, some so art. I actually um, I did a demo at Cheap
0: Joes and people uh-huh. were talking about the alcohol inks and I thought ooh you know of course you're an art supply store so what do you do instead of making money you're spending it on yeah,
1: Absolutely. Art I buy my frames I know it sounds crazy I do it backwards. I buy my frames and then I paint to my frame.
0: No, you know that doesn't sound crazy. It actually sounds like what uh quite a few people would do uh, uh, especially keeping the budget down i think that that can work you know
1: because i um so for instance i have michael's you know their oops pile and it's super super awesome like you know um wood It's, it's a beautiful frame and so then i went through and i'm getting ready to paint uh it's a black bear and, and that's going to be going in that one or else I have another frame that's really long and narrow and it's just a gorgeous uh, frame and the wood. Um, and I'm painting, I'm getting ready to paint a whale like a really long sperm whale and all the different colors and textures within that whale. And, um, so yeah, I, some people paint one way and I have a really great friend here in town that does, um, that does custom framing and matting. So she's always a great, uh, to do all my matting, my, yeah.
0: I think that's so. fascinating, you know? So what you're doing then is you're, you're, I like that. It, it's a, 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 an affordable way of doing it. And, but you are still keeping consistency in your frames. You know, they're not like all different wild stuff. There's no, no,
1: I like, I like the natural textures and such. Um, what it is, is that I'll find a frame, and sometimes I'll find that frame and go, gosh, what will look great in there, you know? And so then you have to go back and, and find something, which is a challenge, and I like to challenge myself in different aspects. And, and, uh,
0: and so you have glass on them, right? So you, you do- I
1: do do glass. Wow. Well, I should probably
0: let you go here. Yeah. <laughs> but I <laughs> that's wanna- It's fabulous, it's such an honor. Oh well thank you. You know, it has been so much fun to to
1: talk to you today. I'm just amazed how much you can do. I'm just you're amazing. You're my you're my hero. (laughs) I love everything that I do,
0: you know, and it's um and I get so inspired and I'm a very action oriented person. So if I think about it, I want to do it. Right. And the the UPO was very inspiring. Because like when I look at the paintings behind me, you know, they have a very different surface to a more controlled. And even when I do my, I think the closest thing that I've gotten anywhere, it, it's definitely not the same. But like with my um, people that I started, I started some- Oh, clothes. I
1: love your pe- people. But with this, you know, just the oh. surface and really working look at on- her, that. look at her skin tones. I loved
0: it. I had so much fun. And working with the blossoms and the drools. And I just, I had so much fun with this. Wow. Well, I should probably let you go here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <but I laughs> wanna... That's fabulous. That's, that's such an honor. Oh, well, thank you. You know, it has been so much fun to, to
1: talk to you today. So tell everybody your website again. It is uh, TamraSheeline.com, which is T-A-M-R-A-S-H-E-L-I-N-E.
0: Okay, and you've got some upcoming workshops starting in November, and they can find more information on your website. And I love that we were able to talk about UPO. I found, find it absolutely fascinating, and I look forward to giving it a try. At least I think I will. <laughs> so thank you again so much for joining us. Until next time, everyone, happy painting.